I'm here for the next section of the Visionary Summit. Um, I am uh, here with my guest, Nancy. Uh, we go, Fote? Are we go, we shared? Yes. Yeah. Nancy. Yep, yeah. Nancy Fote. And is my uh, pronunciation isn't the best? <laughs> it but sounded it's great. Good. Um, she, Nancy's a voice hearer and she's the founder of the largest private hearing voices network closed group on us on, on Facebook so we're shifting gears with this talk we're going to um, we're going to be touching on the lived experience of that um, Nancy's got um, just just in a little bit of a bad info that she started hearing voices 10 years ago after the death of two family members she had more than 20 distressing voices for more than four years and learned to manage them with the tools she learned from the hearing voices network so she's created some incredible resources i think i met nancy probably about 10 years ago um i've, I've been hearing voices for 15 years and those first few, those first five you know six years were, were pretty pretty rough for me too um and um it's something that we actually find and you know nancy's going to go into it share a lot about the hearing voices movement and what that is because there's we, we live in a society where the conversations around beings or energy or you know intuition expanded perception isn't very clear it's you know we're, we're very commonly coming across this mental illness conversation we've you know we're crazy we're mad we're insane a lot of the media projections quite terrible about the experience of hearing voices and for me personally and being sharing that i hear voices um and i and not like i'm psychic but i hear voices as a sort of a middle road experience is actually been one of the most terrifying things to share you know i have my experiences of the mental health system i do share a little bit little bit on that because it's not kind of the point of my book but to really just talk about how how we relate to voices as an illness um and the hearing voices movement which Nancy's going to share a little bit is re is really just discovering from real experiences um, that that's not what it is. Anyway, welcome Nancy. It's amazing to have you here. Um, I'm so grateful to have you join me on this call. Okay. I'm always excited to work with you on you know on any level. I'm always in awe of how hard you work, how creative you are, and what a giving person you are. Uh, when I met you, I was very very early in the stages of hearing voices and i was traumatized by them i you know i'll go into it a lot but you really sat with me in the voices and no one that i've ever met in my entire life had done that with me at the time um and i just want to thank you for that and your light is so bright everybody in my family knows who you are you've given me such great advice over the years and you're just such a a modern thinker so thank you for having me oh thank you so much and and this this is the piece i really um for someone who's normally in a very spiritual conversation around this or has always had fairly good experiences it is so hard to communicate how difficult it is um when that isn't the environment or the context or the kind of experiences you have and um yeah I, like like this is actually a big conversation to look at how do we talk about this how do we support people who are struggling and it, it's one of the biggest pieces that's close to my heart so because, because we do know as you know i've experienced nancy's experienced many voices have experienced even when the things are difficult at the start particularly it can change over time it can become a much better experience we can live with so um uh 
I'll hand over to you, Nancy, if you want to jump into your Sure talk. thing. I'm going to, I created a very small um, PowerPoint and nothing big like our previous speaker. <laughs> and hopefully you're able to see it. Um, so, uh, so my name is Nancy Tyler, um, but my pen name per se is Nancy Fuerte, which means strong in Spanish. And um, I have recently started ca calling myself a life coach. And um, the reason for it is I feel that after 10 years of having gone through voices and having supported so many families and so many individuals with voices that my calling is now you know, to be available for others that might need one-on-one -on -one coaching. Um, however, um, running this Facebook hearing uh, voices support group. Now, I will say there's others on Facebook, uh, but the ones that I have found on Facebook are usually public. And so if you post, you know, your innermost thoughts, any of your friends could see it. And that could be extremely distressing, especially because there's so much stigma around voices and depression, anxiety, and some of the stuff that we experience. So um, our group is actually more than a thousand members. And Sam, Sam and I started this group 10 years ago. No, actually it's been four years, excuse me. And we started this group four years ago. Um, and it grew from just a handful of people to over a thousand people where we have amazing engagement. So, um, you know, I'll just go ahead and, and start telling you a little bit about my story. There will be difficult parts, um, you know, uh, however, the story is one of hope. A problem happened for me. I did start hearing voices and it wasn't a process like many people. I know I've read your story. I bought your book and I remember reading your rough draft and you talked about how it kind of like gently started in a way. It was intrusive, um, Sam, but it did uh, kind of happen little by little. Um, you know, one of the, the reasons I'm doing this work today is because this is Frida Kahlo. She's one of um, my favorite artists and she uh, she's a Mexican artist and she did a lot of work in bed and she um, suffered many accidents and it was sudden and she had to adapt to her life. And I recently just found this picture of her. Um, but what, what I like about it is just like me hearing voices, I had two deaths in my family I, um, these people were super close to me. I found out about it on Facebook. And um, the way I found out about it was through my mom. And I remember like the first death that I learned about, like I could hear my mom screaming in her bedroom and just feeling this powerlessness and this fear. And uh, lo and behold, I found out, you know, my my cousin was, you know, tragically um, killed in a car accident uh, along with three other people. Um, and it was all over the news. We're from Mexico, so it was all over the news. There was a lot of coverage. And I just, I don't think that I knew how to express grief, but I think more than anything, just seeing my mom in so much pain just really made an impact on me. Then later on that same day, I'm on Facebook trying to get some more details. And then I find out my childhood best friend also 
had died. Now, the same day, also in a tragic car accident. So already, you know, I'm, you know, besides myself. Now that one, I did receive a private message. Um, you know, I didn't get a phone call because that friend didn't have my number, but it's still the same day, similar experience. And I just remember something happened to me. I was in so much pain. I couldn't even cry. It was like a shock to me. Um, I, I was taking, um, sorry, my, my dogs, I was taking antidepressants at the time. And I do remember that I did do some, um, I smoked some weed. I remember I got it from someone and it's not that I'm ashamed of it. I'm just not usually somebody that smokes. And I just remember I, I had to have been self-medicating and trying to calm down. And literally a few days later, I felt like this, um, somebody took over my body. Like literally it was late at night. I felt that something moved through me and started spewing all of these um, horrific things about family members and friends. And um, it just felt like to me that I was possessed. And I will say that um, growing up a Catholic girl, um, you know, and you start hearing voices, but more than anything, they would show me tons of uh, scary faces. Um, and so I'm going to go into it a little bit more. Let me move past this quick slide where I managed to get through that experience. Um, it has given me a focus, but like this picture of Frida Kahlo, where she's in bed and she's still working on her art, you know, she's wearing, uh, you know, her armor and she has, you know, she's using it to paint herself. Um, I'm here to make an impact in diversity and inclusion to bring that other voice, the immigrant voice. Um, I, I'm here to coach others and to help them level up, just like Sam helped me many moons ago. Sorry about those talks. <laughs> and um, I'm here to say more about the Hearing Voices movement. So having said that, so one of the things you talk about in this um, uh, handout you gave uh, speakers is, you know, how does intuition play into all of this? So I start hearing voices. They're telling me, you know, they're from the other side. They're telling me they're my dead family members, but they're not very nice to me. They're, they're constantly scaring me, um, you know, telling me, you're, you know, we're here to take you with us you know, um, your best friend is here that, that um, passed away, your, um, your sister's here that passed away, um, what have you, and we're here uh, because you're, you're leaving with us, so they came, these, all of these energies came with lots and lots of information where they were bombarding me with pictures, kind of like not videos per se, not full videos, but little gifts, you know, where little motion uh, videos. And um, at the time, I had felt like I was really intuitive 
and I actually had worked in mental health girl, but what I was hearing and what it, what it was saying to me was that they were dead spirits and they were here to take me to the other side. And I remember speaking to you like, oh my God, girl, I'm so afraid to sleep at night. I feel like they're going to get me. They're going to take me away. Um, blah, blah, blah. Um, and I have to tell you that I was not in tune with myself at that time. Um, do you, can you give me a second? I need to move my dog. <laughs> can you hear him? <laughs> um, let me be right back. No worries. Um, yeah, I just, I just want to really appreciate the, the courage and, you know, the ability to move through experiences like this and just come back to a place of being able to describe even what's happening. You know, often I, for me in those early years, it was really hard to even make sense of what was happening, to describe it, to be able to connect with other people that really didn't get it. Um, and and when I would seek, you know, spiritual support, energetic healing, you know, I wasn't disconnected from those things, but it didn't it didn't seem to give me a map that really included my experience so you know um just so so appreciate you sharing like some of the some of the specific little experiences in here Nancy. it really helps people understand what it can be like so thank you sure and thank you for that um yeah i just want to say that you know I had the book knowledge at the time I was actually teaching adults and I had worked in mental health and uh, what I was hearing in my head is that I was uh, speaking to the dead and I had no evidence that, um, you know, anybody else uh, or anything else was happening with me. I had no evidence of, um, you know, this was a psychological issue. These voices came in, they were uh, speaking through me, they were telling people off in my family. And all I was hearing day and night is like, you're horrible, you did this to someone, they're talking about you. You know, it just got really, really negative. And so my sense of self was gone. My intuition was completely gone, you know, and my sense of self was gone. I really lost myself. I stopped working. I, I had a small child at the time and I couldn't even care for myself at the time. Um, but I will say, and I love this, this woman with the belly, <laughs> but I will say that even then I felt like I was in there somewhere. I felt like I could see myself or hear myself past all the noise. And I did feel like, um, you know, little by little, once I started talking to others, once I, I started breathing and just trying to find relief and, and finding people like you, I was able to, you know, say to the voices, okay, you're giving me information about this person. You know, you have a premonition about this person. You're showing me evidence of things. And because there was times that I was about out and about exploring and doing things and I would just, you know, rattle off random things. And my husband or my daughter would just look at me and I was so sure of myself, like this is gonna come, you know, come true. And it was because, you know, the voices were saying it was real. 
real. And guess what? Sometimes it was real. Sometimes it wasn't. Um, it just depended. Um, but anyway, the overall theme was how I, I, I was able to come back to myself, how I was able to use my inner resources again. Um, so, you know, one of the things and, and one of the great questions that this summit is raising is what about voices and visions? You know, we just heard an amazing, um, you know, discussion by Brendan that if, if I had been born in a different time period, you know, and I heard voices, it, I wouldn't stand out because everybody was hearing voices. There was no pathology. There was no illness. There was no fear. Well, what happened with me, with me was I felt either like this um, character here or, um, you know, feeling possessed. And what does possession look like? You know, possession looks and feels like I'm no longer in control of my life. And for a Catholic girl where growing up, uh, religion was really used as a, as a way of controlling me and parenting me, um, you know, I would hear messages like, oh, you just fell, God's punishing you because you uh, were rude to me earlier. Or, oh, that just happened to you. It's because God knows that you did this. And so there was always a correlation uh, an all-fearing God was always uh, being presented to me. So, you know, uh, these voices and visions, like with Joan of Arc, uh, which was previously mentioned, and she's one of the people that I love to read about, you know, her story is she heard, you know, um, I believe they say it was Archangel Michael who told her, you need to do this, this, and this, and save your people. And she did it. And, you know, there, there's no room for that in my life. So in my uh, view of voices and visions now, 10 years out, um, I have, I'm a completely different person. I went from feeling possessed and afraid. Um, I also went from feeling alone to only building relationships with mediums shamans, and even Jehovah Witnesses. I mean, it is a really isolating experience where your husband's going to work, you have a elementary school-aged daughter, um, and you're home all day because you can't work, you have horrible voices, you're seeing visions, and you're seeing entities, and you're seeing things that are not there. Um, and so, you know, it is a very isolating um, situation. And, you know, what's interesting is I trusted the voices. They, they would come to me. They would show me, this is what I look like. I would actually feel their energy around me. And they would show me a picture in my head of what they look like. And then the energy matched and so um, I was afraid. I mean, when they were in a good mood, which was never, um, I mean, I could function and remember to eat or, you know, I, I was even, even caring for my daughter or whatever. But if they were in a, you know, destructive uh, mood, they were filling me with all kinds of neg negativity. 
And so um, I chose to go to mediums and shamans because I really felt I was possessed and, and they needed to get these spirits into the light. You know, these, these voices didn't tell me, hey, we're a part of you. We're actually a part of your brain and you've experienced trauma and that's why we're here. No, you know, they're acting meanly, cruelly, they're acting out. Um, so one of the solutions I have to thank the Jehovah Witnesses, you know, in my religion uh, or the religion I was raised in, you know, being a Catholic, they didn't teach us to read the Bible. Okay. So I just remember we had moved twice because I was so, um, you know, adamant that we, I was being haunted and that we needed to move because there was paranormal activity. So my husband and my daughter, we moved twice and so in, in my newest uh, place where we were living, we had Jehovah Witnesses come by and I didn't tell them I was hearing voices. Like I knew that that would be like too much, but I did say to them, you know, I'm hearing weird things. I'm experiencing weird things. And, you know, uh, I'm just scared. I can't sleep, blah, blah, blah. And I just remember these nice three ladies came in and they armed me with their Bible, but they taught me how to read the Bible. And they were like, you know what, whatever they say, you just do this. And whatever they say, you pray to Jesus. And, you know, if anything, in their well-meaning way, they gave me tools. Now, the religion did not work out for me at the time. However, um, that was like a first step for me to say, maybe I'm not really hearing what's really going to happen. You know, they're going to tell me I'm going to die at this time every night and I never die. Maybe the lady's right. You know, so um, I started thinking of new things. So I did actually have when it comes to this um, voices and visions. Listen, I am OK. You teach me something, especially if it's in a book and I'm desperate and I can't sleep and I'm having nightmares. I'm going to read the Bible. Okay. And so I just remember like calling Jesus Christ. I was reading all kinds of stuff on the internet. Like if you have a spirit attachment, like, cause I, you know, possession really means a spirit is attached to you. So I felt like I had to get these spirits off of me and into the light. And so I was like praying to Jesus all the time. I was praying to, um, I found and discovered Archangel Michael and I did have this experience where um, we had gone to a reservation. I was living in Arizona at the time. And at this reservation, um, I had purchased a boomerang. And I just remember I had gotten into an argument with my husband. I had said to him, they're threatening me. The TV was turning on and off. We're in danger you know, we have to move again. So he was upset with me. He was in the living room with my daughter. Literally, I had started praying from the Bible, calling in Jesus, imagining Archangel Michael, because I was hearing 20 different, 20 plus different conversations in my head uh, by, by spirits and things that look like this guy. Um, so I just remember that I had seen the boomerang on the floor and I had this experience where next thing you know, it was hanging by itself on the doorknob. I don't remember doing it. I was alone in the room. My husband was down the hall. My daughter was down the hall. I do remember 
something inside of me said, get up. This is a sign. You're okay. And I just remember, remember I got up, there was like this glittery thing around the boomerang. I picked up the boomerang and it was real. And I just remember having this sense of, I knew I didn't put it there. I asked my husband, he's like, I didn't touch it. But I think it gave me a sense of faith. Like maybe there is something greater than me. Maybe I don't have to be afraid. And maybe um, I'm going to be okay. So that paranormal experience was the beginning for me because I stopped being afraid. Uh, When it comes to energy and awareness, I did mention that I did used to feel, um, you know, these presents around me. Like I felt, uh, they're called tactile hallucinations. And I know in your book, Sam, you talk about how the word hallucination can be so like demeaning and discouraging for us because it's like, it means it's not real just because the other person can't, can't see it. Um, so they're called tactile hallucinations and very real to me, but I could feel energy around me. I could feel pain around me. Um, if I wasn't giving attention to these voices and I was still learning how to manage it. By then I had gone to see a psychiatrist. He had given me medication and it didn't work. And the first thing he gave me was, um, you know, a prescription for huge amounts of, um, you know, uh, antipsychotics. And so they weren't working for me at all. And I, you know, I remember I stopped taking them. Nobody offered me therapy, you know, Western culture, Western, um, Uh, you know, civilization is all about let's medicate it away. Oh, you have voices. Let's not engage. You don't want to have discussions with your voices. You know, let's give you this medication. It didn't work. You're still hearing three out of the 10 voices. Okay. Let's give you more. Um, So I, it was the first time, however, that I learned about energy and awareness because I could feel these things around me and I could feel, you know, an energy. So I say it's called feeling the dead around me. I got, I got very used to that. I felt them poking me. I felt kind of like a fist in my back. Um, you know, who is that there? I would see shadows, you know, in broad daylight, there would be like a shadow in my room. Um, my husband would come home and I was like recording my room, a corner of the room, because I kept saying there's an energy there. It's looking at me. It's been there all day. It was very real to me. Um, And so these energies are everywhere. I'm having these tactile hallucinations, not really hanging around with the little Jehovah Witness ladies because, you know, they're just not my cup of tea. However, they gave me a tool. And I did notice that when I talked about about Archangel Michael, the voices kind of calm down. There was a part of them, you know, I'd say, Archangel, you know, because sometimes there was so much talking in my head. Literally, all I could do was just pray or say an affirmation and call, you know, Archangel Michael in. So long story short, started working out. <laughs> I started going to the gym, met these ladies, learned about Reiki. And Can guess I jump what? in for just a sec there, Nancy? Sorry to interrupt. I just we are actually moving through the time. 
So okay. I um, actually, I have realized you could go quite a bit deeper into this and, and it's uh -huh. incredible all the different things that have helped and supported you and, and different pieces. But I'd actually love to touch on the Hearing Voices movement a little bit, if that's possible to share, because Absolutely. I know for many people that's that are stuck in the mental health space, right, the mental health system, that the Hearing Voices movement is one of the first places where they start to have, hear or receive or have access to a different conversation about voices. And, yes. and I guess I would really just love to talk on that. And because because what, what I'm really reminded of listening through your, your story and your journey and the is it this, is it this, and trying to make sense of it, is that we have to meet people with where they're at, you know, whatever our solutions or our personal theories or our understanding of the world and how it works is that we need to meet people where they're at and and actually listen to their language and how they're making sense of it and help them discover how to have more control and power and choice over their own world and and so for me this has been one of the fund fundamental gifts of the hearing voices movement but if you can share a little bit about the work and what we do um, we've probably got about another five minutes or so, if that's possible, to go into Yeah, that. for I'd sure. Be, I'd be really grateful. Thank you. Yes, yes. So just how I was looking into different things, trying to figure out what exactly was going on. Um, I remember just typing in hearing voices. I remember typing in on YouTube, you know, it, whatever you look for, you're going to find. But I, I remember running across Rufus May, who's one of the, um, you know, humongous influence in the hearing voices movement. And he had actually had voices growing up. I remember watching his movie um, where, you know, it, it, it helps him. Well, he talks about his voices, but it talks about how he worked with somebody with voices. And so I received a lot of training, received a lot of information, gathered all my tools, applied them to myself. But more than anything, I did start as, I started to notice several trends. So for example, in the groups that I joined, you know, people would come, come to the group and say, you know, the devil's after me or the devil's talking to me or Jesus is talking to me. There was very uh, different ideas about you know, aliens are communicating with me. The government's talking with me through the television. Okay, you know, before this, I would have been so frightened. And um, I just remember reading about the hearing voices movement and seeing the techniques that they use, which said, it doesn't matter who or what they say is bothering them. So if they come to a meeting and they present you with an alien, you know, is bothering me or an alien is saying these mean things to me and it's making me upset. We talk about it. Oh, what kinds of things are they saying? You know, um, when is this happening? You know, is there anything that helps? You know, have you ever tried, you know, talking to, um, to them and letting them know it hurts? One of the things I had to learn and something that you taught me in our work together was not to be afraid. I was very afraid of what they were telling me. I believed them. And I think I was a girl always that I believed everyone else. And so it um, it was very empowering to find this movement where they're not telling me, don't talk to these voices. Rather, they're saying, 
your mind is beautiful. It's trying to communicate um, in maybe metaphorical ways that things are going on. I did have a lot of stress at that time. I did have a lot of issues to resolve. And so, um, yeah, they were just kind of there, kind of like letting me know I needed to confront some of these things. So. So. I, yeah, so I would say that that's where the Hearing Voices Movement um, came in. I got to attend a conference where I met other people like myself. I um, I was trained to become a facilitator um, and really teaching people to advocate for themselves. They, they felt like meds were not working for them. The statistics in the group and in uh, from the Hearing Voices Movement are shared where the majority of people that take medication, whether it's antipsychotics or antidepressants, don't stop hearing voices. Some of them may have a positive effect where maybe the voices are a little bit more manageable, but many of them still have voices. There is no perfect chemical solution, for example. And some of the people that come to our group, like myself, I have a whole team of different you know, people in the group that I, um, you know, that I have meetings with, um, outside meetings, therapy, you know, uh, psychiatrists. It's not just a, a one Band-Aid for everything. Can you stop the share just for a sec, just so it's just you and I back sure. on to, com to complete this. Um, and and the, yeah, I just, I really want to mention that for a lot of people that hear voices, they're going to be have people around them worried about illness they're going to have framed as illness and the and and it, it can be distressing overwhelming intense we might we we often need crisis care like I can't minimize how distressing it is to be left with these experiences on your own in the middle of the night nowhere mm -hmm. to go except except that overwhelm and terror and and eventually we can shift things into more expansive connected meaningful places and I just want everyone to know that if you're in a difficult spot and some of these other conversations you're like that's not me you know they're, they're too uplifting and too beautiful and my experiences aren't beautiful I just want mm -hmm. you to know that it can change it does change and that is one of the biggest messages of hope that for me I got through the hearing voices movement it's where clinical expertise started to listen to lived experience of voices and it's where we started to have um like some awareness around the stats we did you know voice hero driven research into voices not clinical lens of you know trying to find what's wrong with people research into voices and and things like we discovered that somewhere between five and ten percent of the world's population will hear voices in their life we discovered that if we look at the whole population of people that hear voices probably only about 16 percent like really meet the full quality qualified you know diagnostic lens of those severe psychotic disorders such as schizophrenia but that if you go into a psychologist doctor psychiatrist and say you hear voices it's somewhere up in the 80 percent likely they'll think you have a psychotic illness and so so we're actually looking at it at this through a lens for most people that's very fearful very terrifying and that that makes it a lot worse so so if you're in an experience it's not great um reach out look up the hearing voices network support near you we do have the private group that nancy runs online um 
and start reading stories of what people have experienced. You know, for some it is, it is very psychological or it's helping me make sense of, you know, meaningful things. Um, and, and for me, that, that was part of my experiences too. Like whether you relate to it as beings, your own mind, different religious context, the actual sense-making is, is, you know, for me, I think it's important to respect every single person's map of reality, their sense-making around it, um, and keep a shared conversation of kind of respect and mutuality. So um, this is why it's been so important for me to include this in there because a lot of very normal, mainstream, the average person on the street doesn't know um, what's possible when it comes to voices. And if they only ever listen to the media, it's, you know, very fear-driven, terrifying, you're crazy, this is illness. And so starting a different conversation about that is what this movement's all about. So. Ah, oh, so thank you, Nancy. I'll just add my mini thank rant you. at the end of your talk. Do you have <laughs> you want to share to finish? Um, I just want to say, especially here in the United States, where whenever there's a mass shooting, unfortunately, I'm waiting for the 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 newscaster to say, and they heard voices to harm others. And unfortunately, that is a very negative stigma that you know we have mass you know, shootings, and they're all schizophrenic, they all hear voices. But realistically speaking, most people that hear voices are more likely to harm themselves than others. And, um, you know, there's a lot of trauma involved, there's a lot of, you can't just say everyone that hears voices is a mass murderer, is a mass criminal. And I think fear keeps people from, you know, just having a conversation with someone and, and, um, I think the Hearing Voices movement has done a great job of showing that you can live a full life and you could be an amazing member of society and have voices. So thank you for the opportunity. I really appreciate you. Thanks so much, Nancy. Be Thanks well.